Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Authentic AF, everybody. Oh my God, I cannot tell you how excited I am. I really can't. Um, one of my all-time favorite people here is with me for my very first episode. I, oh my gosh, he's literally the best at intros, so I'm hoping that he doesn't hate me too much after I introduce him. He's being very quiet as I sit here and introduce him, but basically, as I already said, I have known him for quite a while. He is one of the most inspiring people I have ever had the opportunity to meet, and he has inspired me, hopefully as much as I've inspired him, as we met in therapy several years ago. Don't worry, guys. This is ethical. It's been two years. We are allowed to do this. And um, basically, his name is Zach Peter. He is the official host of Adulting, which was my very first podcast. He is the host of No Filter. He has several books out. He is an, oh my God, I could just keep going. Again, he might hate me for botching his intro, but welcome, Zach Peter. I am so fucking happy you're here. I'm so fucking happy to be here. Yeah, On your debut show. My I love it. My debut show. With our collagen mimosas. I know. I have to say, I was a little surprised that I was so excited about this. I have never heard of a collagen mimosa this morning, and I came over with like a regular orange juice bottle. Look, I am the king of clean cocktails. And if I can introduce clean cocktails to other people, I mean, you know, you helped me with my hack your hangover guide that I put out for people. I did. I did do that. I did do that. And I actually had one or two of those drinks. I don't remember exactly what they were called, but they, they did get me lit. There we go. That's the whole point. Get you lit without like giving you a hangover the next morning. I did not have a hangover. So it worked. That's the vibe. That's a vibe. So, you know, Zach, I, one of the reasons why, first of all, I'm having you here, as mm. you know, on my very first episode is because yes. you introduced me to the podcasting world. Yes. So can you just give me a little bit of insight into what got you to even want to bring me into your podcasting world? Yeah. I mean, I've been podcasting. Well, the funny thing is I've been podcasting since I, since I was like 15 and this is like before podcasting was a thing. It was before mm-hmm. everyone and their fucking grandma had a podcast. Okay. Correct. This was like me and all the other tech nerds that had like iPods. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's what podcasting was. And so there was this, this, this little side, it was called block talk radio. And I would host, I would host my first show. It was on, it was taped on my phone from my bedroom and it was just like total ghetto. I but, love it. You know, then all these years later, I have like two studios and two shows and it's great. It's amazing. Um, but so I was doing a show called hashtag no filter, which is like pop culture and news and celebrity interviews. Right. And I would notice that I would try to bring on these experts and I would try to bring on people to kind of have like a, cause I consider myself to be like a self-improvement junkie, self-improvement yes. addict. I love, I read all the self-help books. I, you know, do all the therapy and, and interview all the experts and follow the gurus on Instagram and like everything, mm-hmm. you know, I've, you know, at this point, the only thing missing is you know me I lost my vagina egg up up me somewhere and I just need to find it I can help you I've tried I can help you (laughs) thank you Um, I'm here to support you in any way I can I love it (laughs) And so I noticed that my audience was interested in having experts on, but they just weren't necessarily interested in having it with hashtag no filter. Like they run, they wanted that to be mm. their one place for pop culture, news, gossip, and juice. And okay. Tea. And so right. I was like, okay, well maybe there's a way that we can create another show that would really give people access to the experts. That way you can kind of start your day with this other show. You know, you right. have like your morning coffee, it's on your way to, to work, on your commute, whatever. And then you can listen to no filter, which was always the intention of being like an evening type of show. You have a glass of wine, hangover free wine or a clean cocktail or whatever the case is. And you listen and you indulge and you kind of have fun at the end of your day. And so my friend Nikki Sharp and I decided to create this show called Hashtag Adulting, which is the show you ended up coming on. Mm -hmm. And so you came into our fourth season and I just remember every season really kind of using it as an opportunity to channel whatever it was I was going through or my co-host who's now Abigail Freyer, who you know and love Love her. Love her. She's actually going, as you know, going to be my second guest. Yes, I love it. You introduced, again, you're so inspired. Keep going. (laughs) I won't cut you off. Um, And so... Every, every season we really look at what's going on in our lives and then mm-hmm. channel that into the show and really figure out like, okay, what is it that we're struggling with this season? And one thing that I noticed that I hadn't really talked about, but it was kind of like a big theme. And I'd noticed through talking to other people and it was really kind of just like this taboo topic that like nobody really wanted to like dive into. Like, I feel like, you know, if you have an eating disorder, you, um, you kind of, you, you deal with it on your own, you go to therapy, you see a psychiatrist, you go into treatment, like whatever 
whatever your therapy is, you mm-hmm. do that and then you kind of move on from it and you don't really address it. And right. nobody really likes to talk about it afterwards. And I, you know, had become more and more open about it. Um, and I'd noticed that I talked to Abigail and I was like, what do you think about tackling this episode on the show? And she's like, yeah, that seems kind of good. I kind of struggled with some stuff in the past, but like, again, it's not something, I mean, nobody goes out to cocktails and is like, Hey, let's talk about our bulimia. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just not a thing people talk about. No, you don't do that. But <laughs> I mean, I do that because I'm so fucking unfiltered and like nothing's off topics or authentic taboo. AF. Authentic AF. Um, but not everybody is comfortable with that. Correct. Um, and so for me, I was like, you know, let's put a poll out on Instagram. Let's see if people are interested in this. And it was probably one of the most overwhelming polls that we had was people demanded an episode. Because I remember we kind of teased it in our first season. We had on celebrity nutritionist Kelly LeVac. She's like mm-hmm. the nutritionist like Molly Sims and Jessica Alba. We had her on the show and um, Simone De La Rue, who's uh, the founder of Body by Simone, which is like a big workout trend here in LA. Um, and I think in New York too. And so they their episode did really, really well because we focused focused it on like um, binge eating and we didn't dive into like the the diagnosis of binge eating but like the sure. habitual snacking that we do or like when people come home and they feel stressed and they just like want to nosh and eat all this food Absolutely. because they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or whatever is going on in their personal life or professional life it's affecting them mm-hmm. at home and so we did an episode on that and it did so well right. so that when the idea came on to do this episode I was like well I think you know there's definitely something here and there's definitely something to talk about and I was like who's the, the one person that I think would do this topic justice that also really knows my history and I was like I think you would be the perfect person to do this and that's when I reached out and I was like hey would you be willing to come on our show and you know actually dive into eating disorders and help people figure out because I feel like people often also question whether or not they have an eating disorder or whether they just have like problematic eating habits and so it was just it was a highly it was an episode that was in high demand and it did really well and I think you know we it really reconnected us which I loved. Again, I can't tell you how grateful I am for you in my life. And mm-hmm. I I know we're sitting here actually across from each other wearing our emotionally unavailable yes. shirts. Um, I am highly emotionally available. And I, I, I know that you are too. It just, it, yeah. it, you know, it takes a little bit as I remember, even when you first came in and sat on my couch, it was like, oh, it'll take a little while to peel back these layers. Yeah. And I think that's not, I think, I know for a fact that's what lit the fire under my ass to do this show was being on your show and Mm -hmm. seeing what an impact that message had and feeling honestly a high for myself. Like, wow, I actually really like spreading my knowledge in a way that is untraditional. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not just sitting across from one person in an office and there's not to say there's anything wrong with that. That's what I do full time. I love that. And if I can sit with someone like you or someone like Abigail or someone like who, you know, I have a multitude of guests there. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Variety of guests. Mm -hmm. No matter who I'm sitting with, the point is this is a platform where I will be able to get people like you, people who want to actually peel back the layers, Mm -hmm. own their shit on here to teach other people how to effectively own their shit and execute boundaries in ways that they never have before. And I guess actually, I know self-love is kind of a cheesy term now, but like actually like yourself. The issue with self-love is it's become a commercialized. Yes. Yes. It's trendy. It's a, it's trendy, but there's trendy and then there's commercialized. And what I mean by commercialized is that all of these companies have that they've hallmarked it. Okay, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes, they've I do. bought mm-hmm. into it and they've redefined what self-care is supposed to mean. And people think that like self-care is like you have to spend $300 at Burke Williams getting a massage and like doing oh, a girlfriend's man. manicure day. And it's like, no, like self-care and self-love are so much deeper than that, which is a whole other conversation. But yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think we will get into a little bit of that as yes. we dive into our topic Let's of dive the into day. It. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Let's dive in, baby. Let's go deep. Uh, I mean... The deeper the better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling a little sexy this morning. We're not hitting sexy just Sunday. the tip today. We're going We're all going the way. We're going all in. Oh, I love it. Oh, yes. We are going to be talking about how to be successfully single. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been successfully single <laughs> for so long. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have been successfully single for about two years. I've been successfully single on and off throughout different relationships throughout my life. Yeah. And I know that 
in today's society with mm-hmm. the bumbles mm-hmm. and the hinges. And yes, I know hinges designed to be deleted, blah, blah, blah. But like we live in a society now where it is such swipe right, swipe yeah. left. Instant. What's next? Instant gratification. And if you're not already in a committed relationship yeah. with, you know, oh, my my perfect person and my other half and blah, blah, blah which we can get into as well. Yeah. Um, it can be beyond, beyond frustrating and oh, beyond yeah. exhausting to try to keep up with the Joneses and go on dates oh, and yeah. figure out, okay, well, what, what kind of person do I want? And uh, what kind of person wants me? And do I even like this person? Do I want to go on dates? Do I not want, I could keep going. But I did want to have you on here because I know, again, in our emotionally unavailable shirts, you have talked a lot in your own podcasts and in your Instagram stories. I mean, you're fucking hilarious on there, by the way. Just plain Zach handle. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Validate me. Validate me. I need the validation. Um, But I wanted to have you on here because you have talked about how you've been single for a long time and you're not willing to actually settle. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Zootopia. Have you ever seen it? No. You're kidding. No. Zach. Oh my I God, will. it's so cute. I yet, I will. I'm, I'm secretly five years old, but in Zootopia, they have this, like there's these two little bunnies and they're like, oh, you know how you get happy? You settle, you settle hard. Oh no, no, we <laughs> don't know. settle. And the little baby bunny is like, mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I know that you've talked about first dates and mm. how to approach the dating world. So I think that's kind of where I want to start okay. this conversation because okay. you've said right off the bat today that you are very unfiltered. And I yeah. know for me personally, when I go on dates with people, that can be extremely either A, intimidating or B, off-putting. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, when you go out on a date, A, how do you decide even who you're going to go out with, A, and B, when you're there, are you like nervous? Are you prepping what you're going to say? Like, how does it work for you? Yeah. So I think, um, okay. So going into first dates, I'm pretty much somebody that doesn't say no. Like if you ask me on a date, I'm pretty much like, okay, let's give this a shot. Okay. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to jump in here. If you had like a 57 year old man who was not wealthy and was like, Hey, I see, I get those. I get those on Instagram and they DM me and they're just like, I'm going to move to California and I'm, we're going to do this. And then, and I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I like to fuck with them sometimes. And I'm like, really? And what are you going to do? Where are you going to live in California? Do you have a job lined up yet? Like I'm not supporting us. Like, how are we, who should we have officiate our wedding? Um, so, okay. So I mostly meet people on dating apps. I wish I didn't have to, but like that's we live in LA. Kind of my life at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly meet guys on dating apps. And then uh, I normally, because people in LA, LA is such a tough city to date in because people like to drag their feet and they yes. don't really like to commit. I norm- normally the person that's like, hey, let's grab a drink. When are you free? Like I normally instigate the question. You're more out. initiative. Because I'm like, get to the point. Like, why am I going to be on a dating app to like, I feel like too many people are on dating apps to like get that instant gratification of getting the match, but they're not interested in actually moving beyond that. They just want to know that people are interested in them and get the validation of having them that like click that boom screen. So true. It's so true. I can't tell you how many times I have liked or matched with people. Don't hear from them. And then you just don't don't hear from them. Or sometimes even though like, I'm not an ugly person and I'm not a crazy, well, I mean, I'm a little crazy, (laughs) rock crazy, but I'm not that like off-putting online and they'll unmatch with me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you just wanted a little validation. That's cool. You just wanted to stroke your ego. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I normally instigate the first dates and then I normally like to start with like a drinks type of situation. Something Um, a little lighter. Something lighter that could potentially move into dinner depending on the initial vibe. Okay. Um, Fair. And yeah. And then like, I really, I'm not somebody that likes to play too many games or that likes to like psych myself out about what I want first dates to be. Like I go into it pretty much myself. Cause I'm like, at this point, I feel like there are so many, there's so much like material out there and so many books and so many experts that are like, put your best foot forward. And I agree, put your best foot forward, but put your best, most authentic self 
book yes. for work. You know what I mean? Too many people come into it and like so many girls, they come into it and they go on their first date and they're like, oh my God, I love football. Oh and then, my God. And then four years into the relationship, they're like, I fucking hate football. <laughs> and then their boyfriends are like, you've changed. Like that's the biggest thing in relationships. People yes. say you've changed. And it's like, no, I didn't change. I just became who I've always been because I took away the mask and this yes. person that I was pretending to be. Like for me, I come into it and I'm like, I am pretty, like I act like I wake up with a fresh blowout in the morning, but I know like that I say that and yeah. I know that, but like, that's the parody of it. And I, I come with that coming into Absolutely, it, you know, yeah. I like fancy shit. I like to get ready every single day. You're not going to see me going out in slippers and sweats, but like, that's who I am. And I own that, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. just, that's just me, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I make sure I articulate that. So you know what you're signing up for, for the, from the very beginning. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like especially for for me there's a lot of times where I will not necessarily you know how you can write in the bio on those yeah. things like what you're looking for yeah I don't necessarily always know what I'm looking for at that time yeah I don't know if you do all the time I mean I have two main objectives and it's it stays pretty consistent for me I'm like I either want to date with the intention of being in a relationship mm-hmm. or I want to just look for like a friend with benefits situation that we can sure. keep on a regular basis that like I don't want to sleep with a bunch of random people but like if I can find somebody and we can cultivate sort of a sexual relationship then I'm fine with that too mm-hmm. but I would like to keep it something consistent without having to be like exclusively dating well in that I'm so oh my gosh I feel like I'm well, and I think that there's power. People need to understand the power in being able to say that, whatever it is, whether you want sex, don't want sex, like whatever it is, but being able to have conviction in what you want and articulate that, like you're going to weed through so much of the bullshit. I think too many people come into it and they're like, I'm going to pretend to be this person. I'm going to pretend that I want these things or I'm going to hold back what I really want, hoping that I'll find someone that will eventually be okay with the with these goals and objectives that I have down the line. But it's like, that's not how it works. Like you either come into it both on the same page or you start off on the wrong foot and then it's destined for doom down the line. I can't agree with you more. If you don't start off with that, then you are setting yourself up for all sorts of chaos and all sorts of emotional disruption, truly, because you're trying to appease someone else or again, mask your true wants and intents. And I get it. Like people, like I... You don't, I understand that like up, like even if you are looking for a relationship or you're looking to settle down, you, a lot of people don't want to say that up front because they're like, I don't want to seem needy. I don't want to sound crazy. I don't don't want to scare them. I don't want to scare them. Exactly. And it's like, but wouldn't you rather scare them now rather than scare them when you're really into them two years into the relationship? True. True. Just get it out of the way. Be honest about what you want and find somebody that reflects that. And I feel like that is very true and also much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 1000% if that, you know, even in, in my, in my practice, I have a lot of single, I have more single women actually than single men. I need more men in my chair. Come on guys. (laughs) Come on. What the fuck? Guys are a little afraid of therapy. But I think they're coming around to it. I know, I know. I used to call my ex-boyfriend, uh, well, no, actually, he used to call himself Silent Sam because mm. he would keep it all in. No. I know. I'm like, I'm a therapist. Yeah. Come on. Talk to me. Talk to me, please. But, I mean, I guess circling back to, to what I was saying earlier is if you are able to have a I guess an understanding of the fact that things are not always going to be so black and white or so clear. Yeah. Even if you go into a first date and you say, Hey, I really want something that's a little more serious. Yeah. You know, they could say to you, Oh, sure. Yeah. That sounds great. Or they could meet you where you're at in the moment. And then you're like, okay, this is awesome. But I haven't heard from him now in two days going on three are we trying? Are we dating? What are we doing? And I feel like that with a lot of the single girls that I have, and even in my own experience, the dating thing is so difficult because there are so many shades of gray and you don't know there's no guarantee with anyone. And even again, if someone says something to you like, yeah, let's go out on Saturday night, you're sitting there. If you haven't heard from them for a couple of days thinking, okay, they're not going to call me on Saturday night. Should I wait by the phone? Should I book my tanning appointment? Should I book my nails? Should I 
do something else instead that night? What should I do? And then you start shooting on yourself and the anxiety spiral starts. And I'm just curious, truly, because you have said that you've been successfully single for a long time. How do you deal with that uncertainty? Because it's not as easy as we like to think it is. I mean, you of all people know I hate uncertainty. I I like Like I was the biggest control freak perfectionist and I'm learning to kind of break all of those old, you know, that old conditioning that I was so used to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The uncertainty is really hard. I think the biggest, primarily when it comes to dating is, and I try to tell my friends this and I try to adopt this as well, is like you need to have other Got yet you need to have other burners going. Think of it like a stove. You have one that's on simmer, you have one that's boiling. Like you kind of just need to keep the rotation moving. That way you don't put all your eggs in one basket. That way you don't always, you know, feel like you need to go for that one. Cause like I've been caught in that situation where it's like there's one guy and you think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is gonna work out. Mm-hmm. And then you don't hear from him for all these days, and then you're you're ruminating on why. And then he goes yes. back to your self-worth and like, oh, I'm not good enough. And oh, but he said this, and you overanalyze everything, and it's just like no, literally like, everything keep yourself distracted keep other guys in the rotation keep the guy on bumble that maybe wasn't that hot but you're like sure i'll give you a chance mm-hmm. like hit him up and see if he wants to go out that saturday night and look at the reality is if homeboy let's say his name is scott and he's the fucking hottest and he mm. has a nine inch dick and he's amazing hey scott okay let's say scott that's scott and you think scott's going to be perfect and scott gave you tentative plans for saturday right and it's now friday night and you haven't heard from scott then you book appointment you book a date with alan so that scott knows that you're in demand so that when scott hits you up and says hey can we are we still on for saturday you're like oh I'm sorry I didn't hear you I booked another day but I'm free next weekend show that you're in demand and that also keeps your attention in other places that way you're not so fixated on Scott because chances are Look, I'm going to say it 80 out of 80 out of 100 times. Scott's over there fucking some other bitch. Absolutely. Scott's over there watching porn and like doing his own thing. And like he forgot about you. If he mm-hmm. hasn't hit you up in all of these days, Scott's not playing games. Scott's not, Scott's not trying to think of like, I need to wait four days before I just, <laughs> guys don't fucking give a shit. That's the it's thing. True. Guys don't give a shit. Nope. Like guys are not that dense. I'm going to say this story and I hope my friend doesn't listen to me, but I have a friend. <laughs> Should I get I my popcorn? Friend, I have a friend and she has a podcast. And so she, and we got into a little bit of a tiff the other day because I was trying to explain to her there was a situation with a guy and she's like this guy listened to my podcast and uh, you know I say you know I talk about how you know I you know I'm not as um she's not a prude basically Mm -hmm. you know she has sex with guys you know she's not shy about her sex life and so she's like this guy said that he listened to my podcast so I think that he just wanted to have sex with me and you know because he listened to my podcast and so he just thinks that I'm a slut and that's Mm. why he just had sex with me and now he doesn't want to talk to me again and I'm like look sweetie you're overthinking this when a a guy says that he listened to your podcast that means that he listened to like 10 minutes of your podcast he didn't listen to the whole thing he didn't take notes he didn't analyze he didn't think of this as a way to think of you and how you are in your dating life. I go, you're way overthinking this. He probably had sex and then decided that he wanted to move on to the next thing, or he was keeping you in the rotation. And like, you know, ultimately that situation ended up dying down and whether, you know, I, I believe she self-sabotaged that or he, you know, was in the wrong is irrelevant to the case that like, she was over analyzing the situation. I'm just like, you have to realize guys are really simple. So simple. So simple. And they're not really deep and they do things in the moment. And she's like, well, I text this to four of my other girlfriends and they all validated my feelings and they all agree with me. I'm like, because you texted to your, to your four other girlfriends. Exactly. And, and, and I'm like, listen to this. It's coming from somebody with a man brain. I know I don't, I look like I have much testosterone and I know I'm not the most masculine guy out there, but I still have a man brain. You and do, I understand yes. that the biology of a man's brain is it's so much simpler we don't overthink things if i tell a guy that i listen to his podcast i probably listen to two minutes of it i fast forwarded through some stuff i got bored i maybe she's like but he said he listened to two episodes i was like he probably listened to at the at best eight minutes and that's combined between the two episodes (laughs) i go it it, trust me he didn't sit there and listen to the entire episode i go i hate if that breaks your heart but like he didn't sit there and listen to the entire episode and that wasn't what determined how he treated you in the end he listened to it to kind of maybe get a little you know peek at your personality exactly exactly like for the most part, you know, it wasn't that, it, it's not that deep. No. And I, oh my God, I love that you say that like, it's so easy for us to go into that self-deprecating spiral and think, okay, well, what did I do? Did I say something? Was there something on my podcast that he yeah. didn't like? Did, was, was my pussy smelly? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, what was it? Yeah. And I feel like, I like it was the zip. 
I looked at the zit and I put concealer on the zit and I went, he noticed the zit and it was the one zit and of course he noticed the zit and that's why he doesn't want to text back. He said, he didn't give fucking, he didn't fucking notice the zit. He didn't give a shit. He probably saw some other bitch with bigger tits in the restaurant and then that distracted his attention and like, and he probably banged her the other night and like, you can't overanalyze. Like you can't, it's not that deep with guys and you just, you can't because you're going to psych yourself out and you're going to, you're going to give him so much of your time and he's not paying attention. Well, and another thing is, and I know that this might be a blow to a lot of people's ego. Mm-hmm. It's not fucking about you. Mm-mm. It's all about them. It's not about you. I can sit there, like very recently even, one of uh, a, 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 an ex-boyfriend that I've talked a lot about on my Instagram, for example, and I'm sure I'll talk about again in, throughout this podcast. Like, I was so, so in love with him. And when he came back into my life a couple of times over the years and asked me, you know, like, what, what do you think? Should we, should we try again? Should we talk again? Should we hook up again? Whatever. No matter what response I would give, I would sit there and think, what, well, shit, was that okay? Did I, did I say, did I say the right thing? Did I, oh, well, now he hasn't answered in 30 minutes. Is he taking a shit or is he upset with what I said? Fuck. And then it literally, I'm not kidding you. I'm in my own therapy, as they all say, therapists need therapists. And I actually, I don't know if I, I'm fairly certain I told you, I've had female therapists throughout my life. And Mm -hmm. I, for the first time, got a male therapist in, um, let's see, I think it was April or May of last year. He has been the greatest blessing in my life because he has taught me not only so many things about myself, but also to really learn how to navigate those spiraling thoughts that just put me into a, I'm a worthless piece of shit mode. Yeah. Like, I can sit there and think, okay, well, let's just call him uh, Morty. Okay. Morty. Call him Morty. Okay. Morty, Morty doesn't, uh, he doesn't want to date me anymore. He doesn't like me anymore. He, uh, he doesn't think I'm sexy anymore. Okay. Is it really about that? Because just a week ago, he was saying X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And again, like we just talked about, people can say a lot of things and not actually mean them. However, one thing I like to tell myself and my clients is if you have to think that hard about what you did or didn't do to upset someone or make someone distance themselves, chances are you didn't do anything and it's not about you. And I have, you know, I'm sure you do too. Even my clients do. After, you know, trial and error and experience and in hindsight bias, you can see, oh, it really didn't have anything to do with me. He was, Morty was literally working a 70 hour week yeah. at work in Boston at, yeah. or whatever the fuck. Have you ever gone down that self-deprecating spiral of like, there's something wrong with me. Like I've been single for so long. It's gotta be me. I'm the, I know I've done that. Like I'm the common denominator here. It's yeah. gotta be me. And look, the reality is, and I've learned like it is me sometimes, not me in the way that I think it's me, but me in the, it's not, because I showed up and I wasn't wearing the right outfit right. or because I showed up and I didn't say the right thing. It's because I'm choosing guys that don't value my worth. I'm choosing guys. And look, here's the thing. Um, my type, and I, I made a joke about this until I realized how real it was. My type is, is uh, emotionally unavailable and single. Those are the two. And, and sorry, emotionally unavailable and married is what I used oh. to say. Because they're even more emotionally oh, yeah, unavailable. Yeah, that's an extra layer. Yeah. No, because I would normally find out that, so the only, the main guys that I one attracted and two would then end up pursuing happened to be these quote unquote straight guys that were just uh-huh. wanting to be real with themselves, wanting to be their true selves, wanting to whatever. That right. would end up find out they had girlfriends or I'd end up finding out they had wives and kids. And like, I didn't know that up front, but like I would end up finding these things out. Right. And it's because, and I ended up attracting those types. One, because there was like, there were so many other layers to it. I, we ended up having like Dr. Drupinski and Dr. V who are both on the adulting podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ask them questions and like dive into it. And it really goes back to the conditioning with the relationships that you had with your parents. And I realized, oh, yeah. I realized that the men that I was chasing were exact replicas of my father and my stepfather mm. who both happened to be emotionally unavailable straight men. What do you know? 
And so you really have to take inventory mm-hmm. of the types of guys that you're going after and the types of people that you're interested in dating and the ones that you say yes to and the ones that you say no to and really look at what's in common with these people that I'm dating. What's yes, the you are the common denominator. Yes, but it has to do more with the type of or the quality of person that you're choosing versus how you look or how you are as a person. And I think we internalize it so much and we want to find something bad that we look bad or we're not a good person or we're too crazy or we're too needy or whatever. Some guys love fucking crazy girls. They oh, love that shit. they thrive on they that. They thrive on it and they'll put a ring on it. Um, but you're not going after those guys. You're going after the playboys. You're going after the boys that don't want to settle down. You're going mm-hmm. after the guys that are lying to you. Mm-hmm. And you have to like change how you want to, you know, approach dating. Which is so true. And I, I love that you said, while it's about you, it's also in a way that you're learning mm-hmm. as opposed to shitting. I'm not saying shitting, shitting, shitting on yourself and saying that there's something wrong with you or you're fucked up or you're going to be single forever or whatever yeah. the case and not going on these dates. I'm not saying, uh, oh, I'll try. Yeah. Um, but I do think that one of the reasons, and I'm curious what your perspective is on this, because I know you have done a lot of research into control and self-help and you, as you just said, need to be in control. Yeah. My findings throughout my personal and professional experience are that we, whether it's in a relationship or with trauma or whatever it might be, people will blame themselves or put fault on themselves because it gives them a sense of control. Like yeah. if, if I did something wrong or if I said something wrong or if I wore something wrong, then that gives me the control to change it moving forward. Whereas that might not actually be true. It's kind of like a false sense of control. Yeah. Have you, I mean, what, what do, what do you think about that? About? About essentially the idea that you, it's a false sense of control that you're telling yourself something to essentially give yourself a sense of comfort. Right. When in reality, people are going to be people and you, you really have to, and sometimes you need to fake it till you make it believing that concept that other people's actions have nothing to do with you. Yes. Even if somebody, yeah. look, let's say somebody comes up to you and they say, God, you're fucking ugly and you're fat and I hate your body and whatever. Let's say they say that to your face. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with you. That no. has everything to do with the fact that the person inside of them feels insecure and they need to hurt you to make themselves feel better. Like you always have to realize that like everything, another, everything everybody else does, a reflection of their actions is a reflection of how they're feeling inside. And if they're nasty towards you, it's because they're feeling nasty inside. Think about it. Like the bullies, the bullies in high school, they said, oh, they were jealous or whatever. I don't think all of them were jealous, but I think all of them were hurting. I think all of them were having a really hard time. I think all of them needed to project nastiness in order to make themselves feel better. Like think about online trolls. Like look at them. They have to project this ugly nastiness and they have to hide behind a screen because they can't be honest enough with themselves to be forthright right but they need to project this nastiness because probably they're probably at home and they're in their basement <laughs> and they're like you know feeling gross about themselves and it's like you can't internalize it all you can yeah. control is are your actions and even if your actions aren't a reflection of what you like you have the power and the control to like do the work to change those actions right. and yes. to really build yourself up and to you know like you just you can't you can't internalize and you can't take it in because it like it literally has as, as much as your ego wants to tell you it has everything to do with you it has nothing to do with you right and I think that's something that I had to learn a lot especially after I mean I've I've had a couple of really uh, solid relationships in my life I had a relationship when I was in college like all throughout college it was like three and a half years I had a couple like I guess nine ten month relationships in between then and then I uh, my most recent relationship was Morty you know two and a half years and when he kind of, from my perspective, just like, I guess, what is it? Pull the rug out from under you? Is that the Mm -hmm. phrase? Um, You know, I felt like, wait a minute, what the heck? Like, what did I do? And for months, months, honestly, I think maybe longer than it should, I, I hate to shut on myself, but longer than it should have, it took me to realize that it didn't have anything to do with me. And yes, was, do, did I behave in a certain way throughout the relationship that maybe there were things that I didn't necessarily like about myself that I wanted to learn from. Of course, of course. 
But at the end of the day, and even now, again, circling back to what we were saying about hindsight bias, right? I've had so many conversations with Morty and I've seen, wow, he had his own stuff going on. Yeah. He had his own shit. He still does. I still do. That's okay. But if you're going to make the situation about you, at least do it in a way that you're going to learn from your, like learn from your mistakes and like, or not even mistakes, like learn from the things that you're not so proud of and, and, and make a different move. Even if it scares the shit out of you, like I was not ready to start dating again when I started dating after that relationship. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. And guess what? It was messy and it was not fun. And I had a lot of sex that I didn't like. (laughs) I met a lot of people that I didn't like. And I was like, okay, I clearly, um, the universe is telling me something I'm not supposed to be dating right now. But again, I tried it and I didn't tell myself, well, because Morty didn't want me, nobody else is going to want me. And I feel like, not I feel like, I know because of what I do that a lot of people get into that cycle, whether it's with a long-term relationship or even a dating app or one date, if they don't call you back, have you seen He's Just Not That Into You? Mm-hmm. There we go. A movie you've seen. I like it. I got t- one out of two. Um, do you remember when she, Gigi like goes to the bar to like try to meet up with Connor yeah. to give him his pen back? Like- he has his own thing going. He's interested in Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. He went out with you, yes, because you're pretty and cute and fun, but he has this focus on something else. It, I, I could ramble on, but I guess what I'm saying is if you are going to make it about you, make it about you in a way that like lights a fire under your ass yeah. to, I guess, do something different. Be be smarter about your decisions. I thought maybe that sounds a little crass. I don't know, not crass, but. No, I think, I mean, I think there's, in order to be smarter about your decisions, there has to first be the awareness. Awareness, and The willingness yes. to do the work. And I think those are two key pieces that people need. People want to make better choices, but it's like, you need to start with like, taking inventory of like what isn't working, looking at how you're contributing to the situation and really right. analyze like, and, and take your ego out of it because the ego is the one that says it's my body, it's my behavior, it's my this, it's my the way I look, it's right. all of these things, which it really isn't. And then, yep. you know, you really look at what responsibility you can take in the situation. Most of the time, the responsibility is the type of person that you're choosing, the type of situation, the, the story that you keep repeating to yourself. And like, look, this is a little above uh, this conversation specifically, but most of these, the story that you're telling yourself is you're trying, you're probably trying to correct a trauma from your childhood or from oh, something. Oh, yeah. deeply traumatic growing up before you were emotionally mature enough to handle whatever the situation was. You're trying to replicate it and correct it. And that's why you keep getting stuck in this cycle because you're not doing the work to create, to, um, to fix it. You're just repeating the cycle over and over and over. Probably for some people, it feels like safety for some people they're in control, whatever the case may be for each individual person. But like you have to take the inventory and you have to be willing to take the steps to move beyond that. Absolutely. One of my, one of my favorite quotes from my therapist is he says, when you know better, you You do do better. better. And it's true. It's like people should on themselves all day long. Like, oh, I can't believe I wasted so much time with that person. Or I can't believe I did this. Well, you did what you knew how to do and what you felt was best for you at that time. I love my dad. I really do. And I've got daddy issues. He was, you want to talk about emotionally unavailable. I mean, to me as a kid, you know, he was very much like, you know, into his art and his work and his, um, his soul traveler. We, we don't call them uh, girlfriend and boyfriend. They're Mm. soul travelers. So I always felt like as a kid, you know, I had to do something to get his attention. I had to, or, or like, what could I do to be enough? Right. And, I have replicated that cycle many times throughout my relationships where I'm trying to like find the frat boy that, you know, is typically like the player. And I'm like, Oh, I got you. I nailed you down. And there's like a little bit of validation in that, but it's for me. It's not that he's the, the frat boy or whoever it is, is giving me that validation. It's the person that I sought out is reminding me of the emotional trauma that I've experienced in the past. And this is like, Hey, 
I'm doing something right. I'm correcting the past. Mm-hmm. I'm fixing this. Eh, yeah. When you're not really fixing it, you're just hoping that it'll exactly. work out so that it'll fix itself. And that's not how it works. It's, it's not, not going to fix itself. It's you not. have to put in the work to fix it. And when I started, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I have taken like a, I guess, well, I actually started dating again recently, but I took like a nine month hiatus. I was like, fuck this. I'm not dating anymore. I'm going to just focus on my work. I'm going to focus on myself. And that's when I got into therapy and blah, blah, blah. When I started dating again and I started having a lot of these thoughts, like back in, I guess it was December. So not even that long ago, but I started having a lot of these thoughts pop up like, oh, I, I, I want to go for the bad boy or I want to, I want to fix him or whatever. And I'd come to my therapist and I'd say all these things. Like again, awareness is key, knowing the type of guy you're going for. And I'd say, okay, I really want to, I guess, DM this guy back or I want to go out with him. But then what's my intent behind doing that? Yeah. And if I ask myself that question, I am much more likely to make an effective decision. Am I going out with this person because I genuinely believe I have the intent that like, I'm going to try to make something work with this person and it's going to be a committed type relationship, whatever, whatever it is. And I don't, I guess, um, how, how do I say this? If I don't go with it, go into it with that intent of, or if, if I'm uncertain of my intent, then I will, again, like I said earlier, be much more confused and self-deprecating than I need to be. Yeah. So he, my therapist actually, oh, I, I, I need to have him on the show. Actually, that would be good. That would be good. I need to invite him. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean, what up? Come on. He's He would hate me if I was wearing this emotionally unavailable shirt right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry, Sean. I'm so sorry. But he's told me, if you're going to be in the dating world again mm-hmm. and you're going to try things, you need to play chess, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, People are used to, or you're used to playing checkers or people, chess is, you're leveling up. You're making different moves. You're using strategy. You're working with intent. Mm -hmm. You're not going into it like, all right, it's a free for all. Whatever lines up happens. Yep. And I think again, it's so much easier said than done to go into every conversation or date like that. But if you can, oh my God, it makes such a huge difference. It does such a huge difference. But I know in that you have to know your boundaries. Mm. Like you have to know, okay, if I'm going into this to either experiment because I know that I have daddy issues and I want to fix this person or I want to nail this person down. All right. Well, maybe you go into it with that intent, but you also know that it's again, that gray area, you're probably not going to fix that person. And what's that emotional turmoil going to look like for you? And to be prepared. If you don't go into the dating world with any type of preparation, you're going to get, I guess, uh, mulled over real fast. Yeah. Like you need an objective. You do. You need goals. You need to know what you want. You need to know, like, because if you don't, otherwise you're always just going to be, if you don't set them, the reality is you know them subconsciously. They're in there. But if you don't set them, you're always going to be disappointed because you're not asking for them. And so you're not putting yourself in situations where you're going to find people that are going to help meet those objectives or help you reach those goals. You know, it's like you really have to ask yourself, what do I want? And like not be afraid of that answer and then be able to have the conviction to say that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love what you said. It kind of reminded me, uh, you, you kind of were talking about like listening to your gut. I don't know why that reminded me um, of the, have you heard of the scorpion and the turtle story? Mm-hmm. It's like an old proverb. It's basically this idea of just listening to your gut and knowing if some like, okay, I, I'm going to, I might botch this. Yeah. I might botch it. But basically there's an old proverb where there's a turtle and a scorpion and there's like a flood basically or something. And there's like two, li- two pieces of land and the turtle can obviously get over to the other piece of land because he can swim, but the scorpion can't. So they're on this one side of the river or whatever. And the turtle, 
He's like, all right, man, I'm out. And the scorpion's like, no, I'm going to die. You have to help me. Let me get on your back and then you can swim over to the other side with me. And he's like, are you kidding? No, you're going to sting me. You're going to kill me. Absolutely not. And he's like, no, I won't. I promise. I, if I stung you, then I'd be dead too. I got to get to the other side. I will, we're in this together, man. And the turtle's like, okay, all right, all right. He's mulling it over. He goes, okay, fine. I'm going to be a good guy, right? Get on my back. Turtle or scorpion gets on the turtle's back. They ride over. And then I think we all know where this is going. It's so sad. As soon as the little turtle lets the scorpion off of his back, he stings him. And then the turtle starts to die and he looks through his one little eye and he says, why? And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. You know, your gut, you know, when you're going into something, if it's right, if it's not, and I'm not talking about butterflies, butterflies are different. You know, when there's a red flag, you know, when there's something that doesn't line up with what you really want. And if you ignore it, there's consequences. So have you ever heard that before? No. It's kind of cool, it huh? It is. No, because, and, it, and it's so true. Like a leopard never changes his spots. Exactly. And it's not to say that people can't change. Right. And you don't want to be the one to change them. But you can't take and on you, that responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. Again, like with we me. We all want to fix it. I can't fix anybody. Even as a therapist, I don't fix anyone. Yeah. Like you can speak from experience with me. Did I ever yeah. really give you that much advice? No. No. I I think I, I I listened, I guided. I can't tell you what to do because yeah. I'm not in your shoes. Yeah. I don't experience what you experience. Even if you were to come in and say, Hey, you know, I've been single all these years and uh there's this guy that I'm interested in and he's uh I'm feeling like it's not right, but I'm, there's something about him that's intriguing. I'd say, okay, you know what? I can't tell you what's right or wrong. You are going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. So how can I support you in that process and make sure that you can at least navigate the emotional instability that will come with trying to date this person? I agree. So, I mean, I guess I am curious to round out and not necessarily to round out the entire episode, but to round out this conversation, what you do think about holding your boundaries when you know that somebody is going to sting you (laughs) or when you have that gut feeling that somebody is going to sting you, how do you do that? I mean, look, you're going to continue to fall into that pattern because it's natural. Um, Perfect example, there was a guy that I um, matched with on Bumble last year. Okay. About exactly a year ago this month. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) So we matched um, and then he couldn't commit to going out. And I'm like, okay, interesting. And then we finally made plans to go out and then the day of he cancels. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. So a couple months later, he reaches out again. He's like, hey, I'm sorry. Would love to go out with you. And I'm like, okay, pick a date. Let's go out. Mm-hmm. Couldn't. And then conversation died off. A couple months later, same thing happens. Finally, December comes around. It's right before Christmas. And then he's like, hey, I have the next two weeks off. I would really love to take you out. I would really love to see you. I'm like, okay, let's pick a date. Let's go out. Let's do it. We picked a Thursday. Thursday comes. We picked a Thursday and he said he was coming to meet me in downtown. Thursday comes. He's supposed to come and meet me in downtown. And um, he's like, hey, looking forward to seeing you tonight. I just realized work has me in downtown tomorrow night. And um, so if you are cool meeting on Friday night instead of Thursday, then like I'm totally down to come and see you. And I was like, well, if it's easier for your schedule and you're going to be in downtown already on Friday, then like why? He's like, but if you really want to see me tonight or if you really want to go out tonight, I'll happily go out with you tonight. I was going to say, how was that phrased? If you really want to see me. It wasn't phrased like that. It wasn't phrased like that. And so I was like, look, if you're already going to be here on Friday night, then like, fine, let's do this Friday night. So Friday night comes and then it's, you know, we're hours away from having to go out. And he's like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Work was crazy today. I have to go to the West side. I can't see you tonight. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. Like, let's definitely make it happen. And I was just like, look, I understand whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and I didn't agree. Like, I was like, at this point, I'm writing this off. Like, I'm I'm like, look, I understand things come up, whatever. Totally get it. 
don't stress it. But, but like, again, I didn't, not making it about you. Not making it about me. Woo! And also un, and also not trying to continue to prolong it because we had done this song and dance for a year. And I'm like, right. I, I, I'm here. I'm willing to, go, to jump in. You need to meet me halfway. And I'm not going to overextend myself to make you do that. So then um, Saturday comes and it's the next day. And he's just like, I just want to apologize so much for not seeing you yesterday. If you're free tonight, I would love to, to meet you for a drink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, at this point, the ball's in your court. If you want to see me for, a, if you want to meet me for a drink, you need to actually physically show up here in downtown. And once you're there, then I'll decide whether or not I want to see you. But like, I'm not going to play this song and dance anymore. We've done this already. Like right. you've already proven to be such a flake. And he's like, I'm not a flake. I'm from New York. I'm a shoot straighter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, then fucking prove it because your actions don't reflect that. And so he's like, okay. So I love it. We met for a drink. Had a great conversation. He bought the first round of drinks, bought the second round of drinks. Went so well that he's like, let me take you to dinner. And so I'm like, okay. So we went to dinner. We had dinner. And then, and then, and then we brought, we went back to my apartment and like we made out. And I, I don't, I want to say we had, I don't think we had sex. I don't think we had like full sex, but like we made out. And clearly like, wasn't that memorable if you did. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> it was not that long ago. Um, and so, okay. So that happened. And then he's like, I would love to see you again. I'm coming back tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So then we had dinner again the next night. Um, it was all good. And then, but the issue is, and what I learned when we were having our first drink together, finally after a year. And he's like, look, I'm sorry. It took me so long to commit to this. He goes, I've only dated women. And this is the mm-hmm. first time I'm going out with a guy. And this is new for me. And in my mind, I'm like, I've done this so many times. I've played this game so many times. They think that this is what they they want. And maybe deep down inherently, this is what they want. But there are so many, there's so much other conditioning and social constructs and all this other bullshit that like prevents them from going all the way. And that takes time. It's not to say that he's going to go on a date with one guy and all of a sudden want to be in a relationship. Like that's not realistic. Like it's going to be a process. And I was just his entryway into this process. And so for me to expect that something is really going to come of this is not realistic it's possible but it's not realistic right, right. and so um so we met again the second night he came over we had wine we had a good time we had sex and then or well i should say he had sex uh, <laughs> um, let's rephrase that let's rephrase that <laughs> he had sex a little too early um and then and then he was done uh-huh. and then um and then we were supposed to meet again on monday and then of course work came up and, right and then i didn't back to basics it came back to what was originally the case in the beginning I'm busy. I'm working. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, I knew what I was signing up for. Yes. Like, I, I wasn't really expecting this to go anywhere. I was kind of just leaving the ball in his court to see if he was willing to go through with this. But like I was, you know, setting up other dates on Bumble. Like I wasn't subscribing to that, but like I still actively engaged in that. I still chose to go out with him considering the entire year that he blew me off and couldn't secure a date. And he's like, look, the reason I couldn't secure a date is because like this is new for me and I get it. And there are all those insecurities, but it's like, I can't have expectations that something is actually going to come of it because this is new territory for him and like I have to understand that it's not about me it's not that it's not that I'm you know not great and bad because clearly he came and I didn't so (laughs) it's clearly great and bad but like fucking fantastic I'm amazing I mean, it's come so early and that never happens in air quotes um, air quotes, in air quotes. <laughs> absolutely so like that's you know it's just you have to you have to really analyze the situ- situation and know what you're signing up for it's true and I have to ask yeah in the spirit of authentic AF mm-hmm. I know that when I've done things like that when I've you know uh, you know hooked up or met up with somebody that has kind of strung me along for a long time. If I tell people, they will should all over me and tell me how stupid I'm being. You, You, oh my God, he doesn't want you. You're being an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm curious, I know how I deal with that. How do you deal with that? Do you just not tell anybody what your dating life is like? Do you, if they give you advice, do you kind of just say, okay, thank you. And I'm still going to do what I want to do. See, I consider myself to be a very intuitive person. So I'm pretty with, with what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not I choose to get off the merry-go-round. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I know if I've, if I've stayed on the ride a little too long, 
and I need to get off. Like, I don't need somebody else to tell me. Like, I already know the situation. Yes. So even when I come to people and I vent, I'm like, I'm not looking for a solution. I'm, I already know the, I already know what I should do. So don't, I'm here to vent. And I'm very clear about that. I'm here to vent. Just let me vent. Just let me bitch. Just let me lay it on you. And like, I don't need a solution from it because I know it's probably wrong. You know, it's harder when you come to people and you vent and you vent about the same situation. I tend not to do that because sure. I'm like, eventually I do need to get off the ride. I need to exit the merry-go-round because I'm going to get sick and throw up. Mm-hmm. Well, again, though, that's you having enough awareness to recognize yeah. that. And you need that awareness. And it, it takes time to build that awareness. That's not something that happens overnight. Well, exactly. I have a lot of, um, younger girls in my practice now, like, you know, 21, 22, 23, and they're just starting their first relationships or they're getting out of their first relationships. And they're like, I can't believe that I did this. Or it's like, again, you didn't know, you didn't know better. When you know better, you do better. You make different moves. You play chess, babe. Yeah. You know, what did I say the other day? I made myself laugh. I make myself laugh all the time. I was like, royalty doesn't fuck with checkers. Mm Mm-mm. There's only royalty on mm-hmm. chess. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, and, and look at, like you said, when you know better, you do better. And it's, and the same thing back to your earlier point about other people putting their, like, you should do this and you should do that and giving you their advice. Mm-hmm. Same thing with dating. Same thing with the guys that you're talking to. Their advice comes from their own projections, comes from their own yep. experiences. And they're giving you advice probably because, I mean, and the reality is, and I know this because I am that friend that, like, you should do this and you should do that. You need to get your shit together. And like, I'm that, I'm normally that friend that's like trying okay. to help you fix your life. Yeah. And I know that it's normally because you're probably feeling out of control in your own life that if you can fix another person's problems, it makes you feel more, you know, like you have some, you have a grip on something. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's giving you unsolicited advice, it's their own projection of what they're going through and not necessarily, you know, uh, unique to your situation. Absolutely. I mean, oh, being single and dating is so messy and fun all at the same time. It's messy, but you need, you need to find the fun. Like too many people focus on the messy and they don't focus on the fun. And like dating should be fun. Like it's your way of figuring out what you like. It's your way of figuring out what you don't like. It's your way of learning your bad conditioning and learning how to change that. Like it's a game. It's, it's, I, I don't know if I should say an it's experiment. a game. It's an ex- experiment, an experience that you are throwing yourself into and like mm-hmm. have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Date the douchebag, date the nice guy, and then analyze that at the end of it. Like really exactly. go and like, test all Baskin Robbins 31 flavors before you decide what your favorite flavor is going to be. I love it. Yes. Taste all the different racial flavors and try on all the dicks for size. Like find what you never know what you don't, what you like until you try it. It's true. Cause there'll be so many, there are so many guys and they're just like, I'm, I'm the prize. You haven't had me yet. You know, once, once you, once you try Stan, you never go back. And I'm just like, can you calm down Stan? Like maybe I'm not into Stan. Like maybe I'm into Joe. Ooh, Joe. Joe. Speaking (laughs) of, you saw the eight second sex. That what you just said reminded me. Eight second sex. Yeah. Yeah. I've only had eight second sex once. I did feel flattered. I really did. Not gonna lie. (laughs) That's how you should look at it. Yeah. As I feel flattered, not I feel insecure. Oh, absolutely not. If they could come that quick, I'm clearly cute. Or I'm good at what I do. Or you also shouldn't be afraid to be like, okay, your turn. Like, don't be afraid. Like, don't let him leave. Like, here's the thing you have to analyze. Like, is he, if I can, if I have a conviction and like having you make me come too, like, is he actually going to do this? And if he is, then you make him finish. And if he's not, then you let him leave and you handle your business by yourself. Oh, exactly. Again, what's your intent? What are your boundaries? Are you cool with just letting him finish and then bouncing? Or are you like, yeah, sir, I, 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 I need something still. Yeah. You're not going You're anywhere. not done. You're not done here. You're not done. Yeah. And I feel like, what's that book called? Uh, Why Men Love Bitches, I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck. If you say, excuse me, I want to come. Yeah. They're going to be like, ooh. What? <laughs> what? Okay. okay. Pull out all the stops. <gasps> oh, cr- oh cr- They might not say it like that. Oh, cr- But I, I will. I will. It's true. You have, oh my God. Well, the more you know yourself and the more, honestly, the more that you know you're worth it, whatever it is, you're worthy. You're, I mean, I, I, I we were talking a lot about bodies earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what you look like. Yes, everybody has their own type, but 
if you are confident, whether you're a size zero or a size 14 or 28, whatever it is, you are going to exude that confidence. Yeah. People are going like to for, vibe off of that. They're going to be attracted me, to that. Yeah. For me, I'm less into like a cocky guy with abs and muscles. Like, yeah. I'm more into like a dad bod that like, yeah, you know, like, like he can take care of you. Yes. That like is into, yeah, that like I don't need the perfect body. And like, that's what we have to remember too. Like, look at what you're interested in. Like most people don't need a perfect body. To oh, be, absolutely. To not. be attracted and to have sex. And it's the same, it's the same reverse. Other people aren't looking for you to have a perfect body to like want to be interested in you. You have to be interesting. You have to be, you have to have a personality. You have to bring something to the table. That's why hot people are not always the best people today, because they're the worst and bad. And mm. they typically are pretty dense. Which is so funny. There was an ex that I had from like several years ago. We were together for maybe like five or six months. And I was his first like pseudo girlfriend like he didn't actually call me his girlfriend and I remember that was so hard for me at the time yeah. like what no we need to put a label on this and several years later he started dating this Instagram model who like has I mean she I'm sure she has her great qualities but she also has you know quite the filtered appearance and the typical kind of you know influencer vibe I guess and I remember thinking to myself when I first saw that they were dating I go wait a minute, huh? Like we're so different. Yeah. We're so different. I, it's not that I'm not pretty, but like I, I have so much to say. I'm more of, yeah. I'm more of a mind, I guess, than the body. Yep. And again, at first my knee jerk reaction was to be like, mm, I don't have uh, as big a butt or I don't have the same type of, uh, I guess what, she's the hair extensions that she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no we're so different. And he, I remember hindsight bias when I was with him, he was very surface. Yeah. I would try to pull teeth to have more emotionally in depth conversations. Yep. So it's like, it's not that it has to do with me. It's that they're a better match mm -hmm. at least now, yeah. which is fine. But I think that's something that I do want to end on or circle or just, I guess, round out with, like I've said before, because we actually are going to round out, is knowing your worth and knowing that you're going to date, whether it's one person who pisses you off 80 million times and tells you that your breath stinks or whatever, or you date 80 people, you're going to have times where you think there's something wrong with you mm -hmm. or where you think that you just start having this self-deprecating spiral and as long as you can learn from that and know that you're okay, you're more than okay, learn to own your strengths, your shit. Like for me to say, you know what? I'm anxious. My baseline is anxiety and I fucking know it. I have a piglet in my car because piglet is the, uh, the general anxiety, you know, from the Winnie the Pooh characters. We've got mm -hmm. Pooh that's got the binge eating disorder. We've got, Tigger with ADHD. So I, you know, I, I own it. I'm like, I'm anxious. And I also have such a mouth on me. Like I, I am unfiltered. Yeah. I am, I, I, I know what I want. I know in general, I know what makes me happy. I know that I, if I, I guess if I want to go to a movie by myself, I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm just curious, how do you, know that you're going to be okay regardless of if you have eight dates lined up or zero. Because I always have been. You have to look at your track history. It's the biggest thing. I love that. You look at your track history and be like, look, I've made it through the shittiest of days. I've made it through shit that I didn't think I was going to make it through. And like, look, you have to realize like every situation that you're in is an evolution of where you have been. And all of that has conditioned and prepared you for where you are now. And like, you can't, if even, even the situations that are the moments that feel overwhelming, you want to throw in the towel, whether it's with dating, whether it's with your career, like whatever it is, like you just have to realize that like you've been here before in a different version and a different variation mm -hmm. and you'll get through this the way that you got through that. Like tomorrow yes. the sun's still going to set and the sun's still going to rise. Like it's not the end of the world. It's not doomsday yet. You can doomsday prep for like a little bit, but like <laughs> realize like you're going to be okay. Yes. Like life is going to go on. I always like to look at it as like a cloud. 
You know, when you're walking and you're in the fog, you're in the thick of the cloud, it feels overwhelming. You can't see the end of it. But if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you'll make it through the cloud and then it'll be clear again. That's true. Every cloud has a silver lining. There you go. Yeah, I think especially where we are, L.A., it's hard. And just in general, it's hard. hard. But it's it's doable. And like you said, if you can find the fun in it and if you can make it, singlehood and experiment and dating and experiment. I I speed date. I do all of it. Yes. You were telling me about that. I love that. Like get out there. Oh my gosh. I just, if I can, or actually I'll ask you, if you can round out with one thing that you would take away from this conversation, Mm -hmm. so Zach, what would it be? Um, to not be afraid of being single. I think too many of us are afraid of being Uh single. And I think this really ties in everything that we've talked about. Like, it's okay to be single. It's okay to date. It's okay to have sex. It's okay to learn and figure out what it is that you like and you want. And, like, it's okay to, like, just be in the thick of it. Like, I think we're too, we think that, like, getting our shit together is a destination that we have to reach. But it's, like, an an ever ongoing process So like, just live in it and be in it and, and, and learn to appreciate it instead of like always trying to get to the end goal, whether that's marriage or whether that's kids, like just be in it and enjoy it and know that it's always going to change and evolve. And if you learn to have fun through the process, then like it makes it that much better. Having fun, learning, distracting all the goods. Yeah. All not the being therapy. ashamed of any of it. Just like, do you? Yes. Authentic AF. Oh man, Zach, I love you. Thank you so much you for too. doing this. Our first episode yes. is done. Oh my God. We do have champagne. What are they called? Collagen mimosas? Collagen mimosas. So should we have another one since yes, we we're going to be collagen mimosas? Yeah. Well, to celebrate the end of celebrate. it. We celebrated the kickoff and now we get to celebrate the end of the first episode. Exactly. And um, I'm sure... I'm sure I will be having you on. Not I'm sure. I know. I'm going to have you on again just because you're like, I call you my podcast Yoda because you got me into this. You're my podcast Yoda. Are you podcast old Yoda or baby Yoda? Probably old Yoda. I don't think I'm baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is so cute though. Baby Yoda is so cute. He's so fucking cute. He really is cute. Hmm. Well, whatever it is. Thank you podcast Yoda for doing this with me. (laughs) Thank you for being truly authentic AF and for showing us and helping me show people that it is not only okay to be single, but it actually can be pretty fantastic. It is. Yeah. So until next time, everybody, I hope you uh, stay authentic AF. Yeah. Yeah.